Today in Canadian History for June 8th, I'm Mark Affeld. On this day back in 1946, William Lyon Mackenzie King surpassed Sir John A. Macdonald to become Canada's longest-serving Prime Minister. By the time he retired in 1948, King spent 21 years as Prime Minister under the leadership of the Liberal Party of Canada. By the time he retired in 1948, King spent 21 years as Prime Minister. Let's go back to the beginning. In 1921, King's Liberal Party defeated the Conservative government and he served as Prime Minister, all the way up until the King-Bing affair, which forced him to step aside in 1925. He was re-elected the following year and served until he was defeated by R.B. Bennett and the Conservatives in the 1930 election. King was re-elected again in 1935, 1940, and 1945, during which he led Canada through the Second World War. To learn more about Mackenzie King, I spoke with Dr. Whitney Lackenbauer. Dr. Lackenbauer is an associate professor and chair in the Department of History at St. Jerome's University in Waterloo, as well as co-editor of Mackenzie King, Citizenship and Community. Well, it's very interesting. He came out of a very divisive time, coming out especially after the First World War, when he took over the leadership of the Liberal Party, where his primary goal when he took over the Liberal Party was trying to patch together a party that had fragmented. You not only had some members of the Liberals who joined the Union government under Borden, you also had the progressives, you know, some of which he considered to be Liberals in a hurry, that he had to try to recruit back in the fold to make the, the Liberal Party a truly vibrant, reflective national party. So his agenda after 1921 was a tall one, and he succeeded it during the 1920s. The 1930s with the Depression and all the challenges that mounted later in that decade as the world went on its march to war placed King in another very precarious position. So he again faced a divided country, somehow remarkably managed to take Canada to the Second World War united, and even more remarkably to take us out of the war united, and to actually hold on to power, which was truly unique all around the world uh, in the aftermath of that global inferno. It meant that King really was this, this master politician. So to understand his mind, it was always about balancing competing interests and doing so in a quiet manner that some of his successors like Jean Chrétien picked up on, and perhaps Stephen Harper as well. Don't create crises when other people say that, unless it's in your advantage, political advantage, downplay the crises and always try to carve out a quiet middle ground, balancing the various interests that may not win you over with everybody, but will probably not alienate people enough to turf you out of office. And I think that recipe became one with a tremendous amount of, of appeal nationally. And it became, within the craft of writing history in this country, such a dominant interpretation that it threw out the sort of impassioned conservative nationalist framework for understanding our development and replaced it with something different that, in my mind, took a lot of the excitement out of politics. Mackenzie King was famous for being very pragmatic. He was a very uh, successful strategist and, and politician. But he sometimes criticized for not really having the charisma that someone like an FDR would have had. Would this have had a lasting effect on Canadian politics? Well, I think he was made for a certain era. I mean, he, he came, entered into politics at a young age after quite a distinguished academic career and going off and, and doing some interesting work for the Rockefellers and the like, entered into politics and really was a creature of the liberal machine. That was his entire life. I mean, of course, he was a bachelor, he never married. His life was about the party and the country. And in that sense, in the era before television, 
you could be a relatively uncharismatic leader who was the master manipulator of the party machine, who surrounded himself with very strong cabinet ministers, an incredibly strong Quebec lieutenant in Ernest Lapointe, who deserves a lot of the credit for the, the liberal successes from the 20s through the 30s into the 40s. The man didn't have to have that incredible ability on the stump like a John Diefenbaker. This all, of course, changes when we look in the late 1960s and the rise of Trudeau-mania and even the, the difference in the appeal between a Lester Pearson and a Pierre Trudeau. We see how the technology and, and mass media changed the approach to politics in this country. But Mackenzie King fitted, suited his times. It was about a quiet message. It was about reassuring Canadians that, you know, someone was looking after the helm responsibly. And it's interesting that we almost see maybe that style returning, that what we've seen lately is a, a return where we don't necessarily have charismatic politicians who are electrifying Canadians and inspiring us and creating a sense of passion about politics because they have this grand vision. Instead, it's about competent management. So it's interesting. One wonders whether we're moving into sort of a post, post-modern in a different sense of the word than we usually as historians, but a postmodern era in Canadian politics. Today is a day full of Canadian history. The first patent ever issued in Canada is issued to Noah Cushing on this day back in 1824 for his designs of a washing machine. The Canadian Space Agency selects Chris Hadfield, Julie Payette, Robert Stewart, and Daphne Williams to be our nation's newest astronauts on this day back in 1922. And as always... We aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CGSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Burma and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher and May Trio. Our series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history. And now for random pieces of Canadian trivia. Going off the fact that Cushing filed that first patent for a washing machine, here's a list of some of the things that you might not have known were invented in Canada. Obviously, there's things like insulin, basketball, and the goalie mask. But what about this? The Wonder Bra, the Robertson Screw, and the Electron Microscope. <laughs> <laughs>